Hello, horror fanatics. I'm Frank. And I'm Jen, and we welcome you to our weekly podcast. Oh, oh the horror. horror. Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe or follow to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at oth at seriouslydecent.com. And you can go to our website, ohthehorrorpodcast.com. Catch the whole back catalog, seasons one, two, catch up on three. Mm-hmm. Connect to uh, our Instagram and Facebook presence. Yep. Um, bios, if you want to read about that again. Yeah. Or if you're for the first time, you yeah. want to say, hey, who do these people look like? And then you're going to be like, oh my God, I love the creative director. Yeah. And then you're going to forget we even exist on the whole thing. Pretty much. Big yeah. day for the creative director. Yes. Big week yes. for the creative director. Well, he had a big Thursday. Thursday, yes. He uh, decided to roll into whatever that was. Piss, carcass, something. It was the worst smelling thing he could find. And it was terrible. Oh, and the joy on his face. Oh, he was he so was proud of himself. It. He got angry at me, like, yeah. no. Stop it. No. Leave me alone. This is this is what I'm choosing this path. And then he yep. didn't realize no. what that meant after that. No, he did not. Boy, he blew the van apart. Oh. Oh, the stink. Yeah. Just through the house. I got sensitive oh. nose to begin with. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a rough uh, stretch. So we tried uh, all the cool stuff. We tried my, all the things. Yep. My Nothing coworker, worked. Well, our my coworker gave me a good tip. We didn't try that out yet. We so did not. So. We got that in the bag for next time. And there will be a next there time. There will be a next time because if you have a dog and there's something yeah. stinky, your dog's going to roll in it. They're going to be like, I'm taking this home with I'm me. I'm taking this with me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. then he had the um, the vet or the uh, grooming appointment. Yeah. Yeah, His spa we, day. Yes. And so he's laying next to our table here. Yes. Sound asleep. Yes. The spa day always Yeah. wipes him out. Well, you know, he gets all the attention, mm-hmm. so he loves that. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they're poking, prodding. and He's got to stand for all that time. Yeah. He doesn't stand. Long. He's not a stander. No, he'll sit a he'll sit a good clip. Oh yeah, yeah. He'll do a sit. He'll do he'll do a real long sit. He will. But standing, nah. No, thank you. Nope. So, yeah, that's uh that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. We had a nice kick uh, the previous week in uh, downloads. Did we? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it just seems to just keep going up. Okay, guys. So we'll just try and keep delivering. Yeah, yeah. Usually, uh, all the stuff in the back end, I'm putting in the front end for this episode here. But um, oh, are you? Ooh, you <laughs> dirty son of a bitch! <laughs> that uh, you said that right out loud. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, right when I was looking at you and yeah. I saw it on your face, yep. I was just like, "Yeah, I'm not going to go through this clean." <laughs> no, you're not, nope, you're not getting out of this nope. unscathed. And, and I clean it's my safe for posterity. I clean my glasses and they're already dirty on the inside because I must be just a greasy dirt bag today. I hate glasses. I mean <sighs> when they're clean for that 60 seconds. Oh man. You're like, oh never, my gosh, this is amazing. And then they're never clean. Mm-mm. And it's funny because you need them to see. Yeah. 
but yet they're never clean, so you can't see well. It's mm-hmm. just this frustrating circle. Circle. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. There's no beginning. Has no end. No. Just no. keeps going. Just keep cleaning. Just keep cleaning. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. No, we had a nice boost in downloads, and okay. uh, just thanks again for coming to listen uh, to us and check us out and and stick around. I can't wait because we got some pretty yeah, we, good episodes coming up. We always up. got stuff on the docket rolling yeah. forward, you know? And then, you know, like a day like today, what if we come up with like four of them the last two days? You yeah. Know, just like yeah, it's uh, existing. been a lot. You know, yeah. So, uh, it's yeah. a gift that keeps on giving. As always to the new folks, uh, welcome aboard. And uh, we are on the word of mouth train. So We are. We're of- on the cheap train on account of... <laughs> <laughs> well... I think there's a bit of laziness and also, um, I will let's, confess. Let's be honest. It's cheap. We're like, no, but there's not. just things I don't, I, I haven't made the time yet to understand. Mm-hmm. And promotion is one of them. Mm-hmm. And I've never been good at promoting. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm good at doing, I'm good at executing mm-hmm. and, and doing all. I'm your guy for that. Yeah. You know, hey, Frank, bomb that mountain. Done. Done. You know, that one right there. That one right there. Done. We're just, just gonna call it level. We're just gonna verify those coordinates one last time. <laughs> yeah. Bob's your uncle. That one? Okay. <laughs> I'll be back. You know. <laughs> Sands yeah. Mountain. Yeah, yeah. Um, but promoting, I, I think what it is is like joking around in a group, I have no problem boosting myself up. And mm-hmm. for me it's more humor than mm-hmm. anything. But to seriously kind of boost myself up. I just don't have either the ego for, I don't know. I, I don't, um, also, I just don't think I'd, I don't know how to do it well. Mm. And that's something that pisses me off because I like to do things well. I don't know what to do with your hands. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know what to do with my hands. What do I do with my arm when I'm spooning? Is it in the back? Is it over? God, it's hot. Get away from me. It is. You know, yeah. and that's spooning 101 right there. Yeah. 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 What Spooning do I do with now my arm? Is like, oh my God, you're so hot. Yeah. Get over there. What do I do with my arm? I put it back here, over here. Jesus, it's hot. Holy cow. Could you not touch me? I'm going to love you from afar. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. I'm going to love you from the other side of bed. Good night, sweetheart. <laughs> See you in the morning. You know, Mwah, I, I hate throw those, you a kiss. I hate those, uh, I don't, they're not memes where they talk about like body language and the way you sleep mm. with your partner is supposed to speak volumes. Yeah. You know who you know who made that? Some 13 year old. Some stupid idiot because <clears throat> yeah. I got to tell you between my menopause and your thermonuclear <laughs> reactor that you have there is a yeah. a nice cool cavern mm-hmm. between us and that's the way i like it that's the way i like I, it that's why we work well yeah yeah you know i just yep yeah yeah i've always had a temperature problem i you, remember playing as you've a kid. always been hot i remember playing as a kid and like my friend's mother would always be like talk to my mom like he gets real red in the face he sweats so much and they, she's just like yeah that's that's what he does, it's you know. Just my kid. Oh yeah, yeah. I was always running, piping hot, you know. Yeah, yeah. that's Can't where. Confirm. Yeah, and I remember like when I lived in Baltimore and it was like a hundred degrees and ninety eight percent humidity. I was never dry. No, I've I was seen never you. dry. I've seen you 
where if the temperature, like even today, mm-hmm. you have like this consistently moist. Sheen? <laughs> it's a sheen? No, 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 it's, I mean. It's wet. It's wet. <laughs> yeah, I can't even. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's it real tough. Um, I've battled with it my whole life. Mm-hmm. And then you just get to a point where you're like, oh, this is me. Yeah. You know? And I went from being cold all the time to being oh. hot all the time. So that's fun. Well, uh, and then like, I remember working with someone a couple years ago in retail. Yeah. And she was cold all of the time. Yeah. Used to all be the me. time. And I used to ask her, I was like, so it's 90 degrees today. She's wearing jeans and yeah. she's got a short sleeve shirt, but she's like, I might put my hoodie on. And I'm like, it's freaking 90 out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this is like where I can get away with a t-shirt, you know? And then, so like winter, I was like, so are you just cold the whole time? And mm-hmm. she's like, yeah. Yeah. I'm cold from. Do you remember when we first got together yeah, and yeah. I would touch you and it'd yeah. almost be like. Tss. Yeah, like ice cubes. Yeah. 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 That's when I used to joke. I used to joke that we would go through our colonial period of our relationship because you'd have like four layers on (laughs) and if i ever wanted to do anything intimate with you i had to undress you (laughs) and that would take like 15 20 minutes to get all the layers (laughs) and now i'm like oh my god it's so hot i don't even want to wear clothes i don't even want to look at you (laughs) god damn it you're so hot and not in a good looking sense yeah see the steam rolling off you yeah 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 Good times. Yeah. And so, Dean's just as hot. Yeah, and we got a winter breed. So yeah. I think we're a good unit. Yeah, I think you so. Know. Yeah. We keep the yeah. house nice and cold. We're all happy. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's definitely. It, it works. It works out. Even in the bed, like he'll sleep and then he's just like, this is too hot. Okay, bye. I'm going down in front of my fan now. Bye, guys. You know, and then he sleeps in front of his box fan for the whole night. No, you know. no, no, he, he moves bails. around. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. likes to go out and sit in the... uh yeah, because heaven forbid. In the vestibule with the for- air conditioning. Yeah, well, and heaven forbid the cat want to go downstairs and do something. You know, he can't have that happen. No. Not on his watch, even though he sleeps through most of it. Yeah. So here we are, 10 minutes in. Yeah. We're doing a podcast. Are we? Horror podcast today. Are we? Yeah, I believe so. Is yeah. the horror hot? It's going to be. <laughs> it's going to get real hot. <laughs> Episode 130. Whoa! Whoa! Yeah. Knights Templar. Yeah. Yeah. We're going right off to the side. We got pretty cult heavy. We did. For all the right reasons. We got a, you know. we got a lot bit culty. Yeah. And we're going to have some cults bit, coming up. Like, but, no. but yeah, I needed a break because... It's a lot. It's it's frustrating. It's it sad. Is. Yeah. You really see the sad parts of I, humanity. Like, like we've said know. countless times, last week's, I think, was the most disheartening because you're was, so close. It was disappointing. You're so yeah. close. It was disappointing. You're like mostly there. But that's all it takes. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's how sensitive that stuff is. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. takes a lot of work to be a really good person. It does. I'm learning that in my adult age. Yeah. That like being bad and it's doing so wrong easy. is so easy. Yeah. It's the easiest thing to do. And the more do. you do it, the easier it gets. The easier it gets. Yep. And then there's a gratification to it instantly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's very short lived. Mm-hmm. And there's no, you know, but being good is, that's hard. It is. It's really hard yeah. to put the sweat equity in it. Mm-hmm. 
And even there, you can still bump off course. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's the theme of the Knights Templar right there. I was so glad we did this episode. Yeah. I remember looking at it. I was like, ah, Knights Templar. I e- easily looked at this as, ah, this might be a filler one. And if we think of one, yeah. like that's going to be the one that gets to boot. Mm-hmm. In the beginning of the year, that's what I thought it was. And oh, then, no, not And me. then we got entrenched in like the cult stuff mm-hmm. and all that and maneuvered around in different areas. But- Again, Doing, this was on the master list from from the, the beginning, from the yeah. first season. No, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I just always thought it was going to be kind of the the floating episode. Yeah. You know, um, not that we go weak in any of them. I mean, you know, we we try to go hard do. in the paint <laughs> till it gets too hot, and we got to go. Yeah, and then but, we're uh, like, fuck. Yeah. So, episode one thirty, Knights Templar. It's mm-hmm. um, it's an amazing uh, story that you think you know a lot of. Until you start getting into it. Yeah. And then you realize that a lot of the shit you've been told about the Knights Templar is completely wrong. Yeah. And that was the epiphanal moment I've had the last few days Mm -hmm. getting really deep into the weeds with this. And then it got to a point where I started getting into it and like I just needed to know more and more. And I was doing the comforter at the laundromat and I got my phone. I'm just like glued and I'm looking at all my sources and all that. So my sources, I started out with, I do this with every episode. We were talking about it on our walk. You know, I always pull up Wiki just to look. Give me I the call bones. I it the Stinkopedia. It really generally is. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't like to give Wikipedia a lot credit. Right. And the reason I'm going through this kind of winded explanation for it is actually the Wiki for Knights Templar is really interesting and really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'll, I'll give Wiki its credit where credit's due, and uh, and that was good. Give him a yeah, golf clap. Yeah, yeah, light, light golf clap, you know. A thumbs up. Good job on doing what you're supposed to be doing. This is what they're all supposed this to be. This is what they're supposed to be like, all of them, yes. So then uh, I did LiveScience.com. Uh-huh. Uh, I did Catholic.com. Uh-huh. I did Cambridge.org, because mm-hmm. they actually had a book, The Knights Templar, and they had some summary information on it. It was nice. Oh. Uh, brickmasons.com, mm-hmm. uh, templarstoday.us, <laughs> and my last one, newadvent.org. I was everywhere. Yeah. I, I, I nerded have, out on this. I have three. Okay. Is it? Britannica! Oh, yeah! There it is! <laughs> Woo! It's been a break. Worldhistory.org. Nice. And the conversation. Hmm. Yeah. Was it good conversation? It's... The Knights Templars, still loved by conspiracy theorists, 900 years later. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Speaking of good conversation, you ready to have some? Sure, why not? Yeah. Do you want to kick this off? Do you want me to kick this off? I would, actually. And because you're a a baby, I (laughs) kind of went in chronological order. Oh, my goodness. There are some time jumps, but we we do go back. Hey. I don't mind the time jumps. It's just in the beginning. Talk about the beginning. That's where my. All right. That's, so that's the where, Templar. That's where my gears get grinded. <laughs> also called the Knight Templar, mm. member of the Poor Knights of Christ and of the Temple of Solomon. It's a religious military order of knighthood established at the time of the Crusades that became a model and inspiration for other military orders. 
Originally founded to protect Christian pilgrims to the Holy Land, the order assumed greater military duties during the 12th century. Its prominence and growing wealth, however, provoked opposition from rival orders falsely accused of blasphemy and blamed for crusader failures in the Holy Land. The order was destroyed by King Philip IV of France. Short-lived, the whole thing. This is something that when I first learned... Yeah. I was like, oh, this is just this long giant thing that has gone on in the secret. Nope. Secret this and secret nope. that. You know, I was all ready to get into that juice. And then they're like, yeah, it was 200 years they were active. And I was just like, really? What? 200 years, you know. But they really had an interesting start. They did. Um, so following the success of the First Crusade around 1095 to 1099, a number of crusader states were established in the Holy Land, but these kingdoms lacked the necessary military force to maintain more than a tenuous hold over their territories. Most crusaders returned home after fulfilling their vows, and Christian pilgrims to Jerusalem suffered attacks from Muslim raiders. Pitying the plight of these Christians, eight or nine French knights led by Hugh de Paines vowed in late 1119 or early 1120 to devote themselves to the pilgrims protection and to form a religious community for that purpose. So quick pause. What was happening is you had the Holy land Mm -hmm. where everybody was kind of congregated around. Mm -hmm. And then you had the pilgrims that were coming from outskirt areas, far areas to go and visit and in their pilgrimage over there to visit the Holy land and, and go deeper into their faith. Mm -hmm. They were getting attacked by raiders. Yeah. Um, just these uh, bandits, basically. Yeah. Uh, because there was no law in between these towns. No and that's, law and I order. think, something that people have lost a lot of touch with now that was different then from what there is now. There's kind of law blanketed all the way around, there's no pockets of no law. Right. There might be some crappy law. Right. And there might be some really shitty law. Right. But there's a semblance of law where you can call for help and like a state mm-hmm. trooper. I'm just Somebody. saying in the states. Yeah. You know, that can happen. But then it was different. It was only in the communities, in the cities, in the towns. In between, it was winner take all. Yeah, pretty um, much. You know, so you Remember, risked. we discussed this. That's why Dra- Dra- uh, Vlad Dracul did what he did. Yeah. Because you had to present some sort of show of force in order to maintain your power. And it's funny you mentioned that because we did, Vlad. Weird, right? Yeah. Season one, if you want to learn about Vlad. Yep. Yeah. He was an OG. The first like 10 episodes somewhere through there. I'll look it up later. Plug it at the end. Yeah. So Baldwin II, King of Jerusalem, actually gave them quarters in a wing of the royal palace in the area of the former Temple of Solomon, and from this they derived their name. Skilled with the lance, sword, and crossbow, and well-armored, the Knights Templar and other military orders were the best trained and equipped of any members of a crusader army. For this reason, they were often deployed to protect the flanks, vanguard, and rear of an army in the field. The Templars were particularly particularly renowned for their disciplined, 
group cavalry charges when, in tight formation, they blasted through enemy lines and caused havoc, which could then be exploited by Allied troops following up their advance. They were also highly disciplined, both in battle and in camp, with severe penalties imposed on knights not following orders, including expulsion from the order for losing one sword or horse through carelessness. That being said, the order has, as a whole, could prove difficult for a crusader army to keep check on, given that they were often the most zealous and eager troops to win honor and glory. The Templars were frequently given the task of defending important passage, uh, passes, such as at Aminus, north of Antioch. They acquired lands and castles, which the crusader states were not able to maintain themselves for lack of manpower. They also rebuilt destroyed or entirely new castles to better defend the Christian East. The Templars never forgot their original function as a protector of pilgrims either, and they mannered and manned these small forts along the pilgrim routes in the Levant or acted as bodyguards. Yeah, so it was interesting to find out in what I was reading that, like, you know, in the peak of their existence, so to speak, they said that there was about 15,000 to 20,000, like, full-fledged members of uh, the Knights Templar. However, only 10% of them were actually knights. And then the real interesting part was, is that there was a very small percent of them that were actually people that fought in battles. Mm-hmm. Um, they, what they ended up doing, which I found just absolutely just incredible, was going from town to town, offering this protection and protection of roots. Mm-hmm. They built this network up of establishing themselves, as you were mentioning. Um, But what they also got as a result of this was a lot of donations. Mm -hmm. Everybody was willing to help out the Knights because the Knights helped them out. Right. And uh, so you could look at at it as a mafia or something like that. You could, you know, in a sense. I mean, it it has that kind of, hey, I'm going to give you protection. You know, you work with I'll me, give you, you know. Some protection. Yeah, but what ended up happening was is they started accruing a lot of money Tons of in it. these different areas mm-hmm. and they were accruing a lot of it. And so there was little things that I I just never put together. They were literally the first ones to come up with like a banking system mm-hmm. because they had these networked spots yeah. where they were holding money. Yep. Um also what I found fascinating was in between the towns the not just the physical presence of them being around to protect a lot of it was say transport money back and forth that was a big problem so they came up with this ingenious idea of writing down an amount of money on a piece of paper and that was as good as money and they would transfer that back and forth Mm -hmm. so it was this kind of not maybe like a series of IOUs and things but this became like the inception of checks yeah and how checks are used Mm -hmm. And so there would be this ledger at yep. where the spots of where the the money was, and you could come and show this piece of paper, and this piece of paper would show that there was a transaction of this, we've got this yep. service we provided, and it was paid this much, so that money would go into the ledger under your name and so forth. And I think, like, back at that time in the 1100s... That was huge. That's incredible. Yeah. You know, so it's not just now a city, it becomes this big group and they in a sense uh the wording i read somewhere is like they became literally like the first multinational corporation basically yeah 
um, in so many words, you know, because they were an entity of many things, of many people. And uh, and everybody liked it because everybody seemed to be winning on the whole thing. Right. You know, people would get protection. People felt safe. They could transport money back and forth between towns or themselves. And they had this protection. And even with um, the wars, I mean, you want to read some of the like most epic battles. That's what I was getting into. Yeah, go for it. Although involved in many successes, such as the Siege of Acre in 1189 to 1191, Damietta in 1218 to 1219, and Constantinople in 1204, there were some major defeats along the way, and such was their martial reputation. The Templars could usually expect to be executed if ever captured. At the Battle of La Fobe in Gaza in October of 1244, an Ayyubid army defeated a large Latin army, and 300 Templar knights were killed. 230 captured Templar knights were beheaded after the Battle of Hattin in 1187, won by the army of Saladin, Sultan of Egypt in Syria, around 1174 to 1193, was when uh, the Sultan lived. More important members of the order, as was typical of the period, were offered up for ransom. The Templar castle at Gaza had to be given up in order to gain release of the captured master after the same battle. Another heavy defeat came at 1250, the Battle of Montserrat in Egypt during the Seventh Crusade, 1248 to 1254. The vast network of covenants or convents, though, always seemed able to replenish any losses in resources and manpowers. So although the Templars were going to backtrack a little, yeah. although the Templars were opposed by those who rejected the idea of a religious military order and later by those who criticized their wealth and influence, they were supported by many secular and religious leaders. So beginning in 1127, Hugh undertook a tour of Europe and as well received by many nobles who made significant donations to the Knights, the Templars obtained further sanction at the Council of Troyes in 1128, which may have... Um, requested that Bernard of Clairvaux compose the new rule. Uh, Bernard also wrote in praise of the new knighthood around 1136, which defended the order against its critics and contributed to its growth. In 1139, Pope Innocent II issued a bull that granted the order special privileges. Now, Pope Innocent, if he sounds familiar to you, it's because he also put out the papal bull for... Malus Maleficarum, the hammer of the witches. Check out that episode. Check out that episode. (laughs) The Templars were allowed to build their own oratories and were not required to pay the tithe. They were also exempt from Episcopal jurisdiction, being subject to the Pope alone. The rule of the order was modeled after the Benedictine rule, especially as understood and implemented by the Cistercians. The Knights Templar swore an oath of poverty, chastity, and obedience, and renounced the world just as the Cistercians and other monks did. Like the monks, the Templars heard the divine office during each of the canonical hours of the day and were expected to honor the fasts and vigils of the monastic calendar. They were frequently found in prayer and expressed particular veneration to the Virgin Mary. They were not allowed to gamble, swear, or become drunk, and were required to live in community, sleeping in a common dormitory, and eating meals together. They were not, however, strictly cloistered, as were the monks, nor were they expected to perform devotional reading. Most Templars were uneducated and unable to read Latin. The knight's primary duty was to fight. 
The Templars gradually expanded their duties from protecting pilgrims to mounting a broader defense of the Crusader states in the Holy Land. They built castles, garrisoned important towns, and participated in battles, fielding significant contingents against Muslim armies until the fall of Acre, the last remaining Crusader stronghold in the Holy Land in 1291. Their great effectiveness was attested by the Sultan Saladin, Following the devastating defeat of Crusader forces at the Battle of Atin, he bought the Templars who were taken prisoner and later had each of them executed. By the mid-12th century, the constitution of the order and its basic structure were established. It was headed by a Grand Master who was elected for life and served his term in Jerusalem. Templar territories were divided into provinces, which were governed by provincial commanders in each individual house called a preceptory, was headed by a preceptor. General chapter meetings of all members of the order were held to address important matters affecting the Templars and to elect a new master when necessary. Similar meetings were held at the provincial level and on a weekly basis in each house. Recruits came from all over Western Europe, although France was the largest single source. They were motivated by a sense of religious duty to defend Christians everywhere, but especially the Holy Land and its sacred sites, as a penance for sins committed, as a means to guarantee entry into heaven, or more earthly reasons such as a search for adventure, personal gain, social promotion, or simply a regular income and decent meals. So this is like the the dance around Christianity and violence, so to speak, you know, because there's kind of these two sides of the street. You know, yeah, the Ten Commandments where, I mean, they explicitly come out and prohibit murder. They're like, look, it's not good. Yeah. You know, don't do it as bad. Don't do it. It's bad. You know, you got a, you got a road to go if you go down this way. Mm-hmm. However, there is also this moral imperative to defend the defenseless. Yeah. And that was the, that was the cause of this coming about. Mm-hmm. This wasn't just a group of, you know, I really wanted to kind of make this a point with this because I had a different opinion about this going into it mm-hmm. where I thought it was just people like, Hey, you know, we got this good thing going on. We're going to keep it good. Yeah. You know, and all that. And it was the exact opposite of that. It was getting bad yeah. and they were getting killed left and right. Yeah. And just the lawlessness and the disrespect of all of it was everywhere. And so that's a tough situation you have because you have these holy clergy type people that of taking all these vows mm-hmm. not to hurt somebody, mm-hmm. but there's this line in the sand of you got to help the defenseless mm-hmm. too. And clergy can only go so far. Right. And so creating this was a solution to a problem. Yeah. Basically. If the problem wasn't there. See a need, fill a need. Yeah. But if the problem wasn't there, this would have never have arose and yeah. came up, which I found incredible. Recruits had to be free men of legitimate birth, and if they wished to become medieval knights, they had, from the the 13th century, to be of knightly descent. Although rare, a married man could join provided his spouse agreed. Many recruits were expected to make a significant donation on entering the order, and as debts were a no-no, the financial status of a recruit was certainly a consideration. Although some minors did join the order sent by their parents, of course, in the hope of a useful military training for a younger son who would not inherit the family estate, most new recruits of the Templars were in their mid-20s. Sometimes recruits came late in life. An example is the great English knight, Sir William Marshall, 
He died in 1219, who, like many nobles, joined the order just before his death, left them money in his will, and so was buried in Temple Church, London, where his effigy may still be seen today. The Templars were originally divided into two classes, knights and sergeants. The Knight Brothers came from the military aristocracy and were trained in the arts of war. They assumed elite leadership positions in the order and served at royal and papal courts. Only the knights wore the Templars' distinctive regalia, a white surcoat marked with the Red Cross. The sergeants, or serving brothers, who were usually from lower social classes, made up the majority of members. They dressed in black habits and served as both warriors and servants. The Templars eventually added a third class, the chaplains, who were responsible for holding religious services, administering the sacraments, and addressing the spiritual needs of the other members. Well, that's also where uh, the line got a little murky towards the middle of this movement because they had all of these assets. They had all of these, uh, they had all this infrastructure built up. There was just Knights infrastructure in every single town, every single little community. So that's where a lot of the, the group of the so-called quote unquote Knights were there. They, they were staff of infantry. So Mm -hmm. you had the clergy, but you also had people that were, I mean, they, it was all the way down to having stores and things like that where people got supplies. It was a, giant piece of infrastructure. It was an industry. Yeah. Although women were not allowed to join the order, there seems to have been at least one Templar nunnery. The Templars eventually acquired great wealth. The kings and great nobles of Spain, France, and England gave lordships, castles, senores, and estates to the order so that by the mid-12th century, the Templars owned property scattered throughout Western Europe, the Mediterranean, and the Holy Land. The Templars' military strength enabled them to safely collect, store, and transport bullion to and from Europe and the Holy Land. And their network of treasure storehouses and their efficient transport organization made them attractive as bankers to kings as well as to pilgrims of the Holy Land. The order grew thanks to donations and supporters who recognized the important role in the protection of the small Christian states in the Levant. Others, from the humblest to the rich, gave what they could to simply help ensure both a better afterlife and because donors could be mentioned in prayer services, perhaps a better life in the here and now. Donations came in all forms, but money, land, horses, military equipment, and foodstuffs were the most common. Sometimes privileges were donated, which helped the order save on its own expenses. The Templars invested their money, too, buying revenue-producing properties so that the order came to own farms, vineyards, mills, churches, townships, or anything they, anything else they thought was a good investment. Another boost to the order's coffers was booty, a new land acquired as the result of successful campaigns while tribute could also be extracted from conquered cities. Standard practice. Lands controlled by Templar castles and weaker rival states in the Levant. Eventually, the order was able to establish subsidiary centers in most of the states of Western Europe, which became important sources of revenue and new recruits. All of this being said, the Templars were not without enemies. They had had long engaged in a bitter rivalry with the other great military order of Europe, the Hospitallers hospitalers. And by the late 13th century, proposals were being made to merge the two contentious orders into one. 
The fall of Acre to the Muslims in 1291 removed much of the Templars' reason for being and their great wealth. Extensive land holdings in Europe and power inspired resentment toward them, although an ex-Templar had accused the order of blasphemy and immorality as early as 1304, though it's more likely 1305. It was only later, after Philip IV ordered the arrest on October 13, 1307, of every Templar in France and sequestered all the Templars' property in the country, that most of the people of Europe became aware of the extent of the alleged crimes of the order. Philip accused the Templars of heresy and immorality. Specific charges against them included idol worship of a bearded male head said to have great powers. Worship, So, so okay, we'll get to that ahead. later. Worship of a cat, homosexuality, and numerous other errors of belief and practice. At the order's secret initiation rite, it was claimed the new member denied Christ three times, spat on the crucifix, and was kissed on the base of the spine, on the navel, and on the mouth by the knight presiding over the ceremony. The charges, now recognized to be without foundation, were calculated to stoke contemporary fears of heretics, witches, and demons, and were similar to allegations Philip had used against Pope Boniface VIII. Mm -hmm. The reasons why Philip sought to destroy the Templars are unclear. He may have genuinely feared their power and been motivated by his own piety to destroy a heretical group, or he may have simply seen an opportunity to seize their immense wealth, being chronically short of money himself. At any rate, Philip mercilessly pursued the order and had many of its members tortured to secure false confessions. Although Pope Clement V himself, a Frenchman, ordered the arrest of all the Templars in November 1307, a church council in 1311 voted overwhelmingly against suppression and the Templars in countries other than France were found innocent of the charges. Clement, however, under strong pressure from Philip, suppressed the order on March 22, 1312. And the Templars' property throughout Europe was transferred to the Hospitallers and confiscated by secular rulers. Knights who confessed and were reconciled to the church were sent into retirement in the order's former houses or in monasteries. But those who failed to confess or who, quote-unquote, relapsed, were put on trial. Among those judged guilty was the order's last grandmaster, Jacques de Molay. Brought before a commission established by the Pope, de Molay and other leaders were judged relapsed heretics and sentenced to life in prison. The master protested and repudiated his confession and was burned at the stake, the last victim of a highly unjust and opportunistic persecution. So by the end of the 13th century, many considered the military orders too independent for everyone's good, and an amalgamation of them into a single body was the best solution to make them more accountable to the church and individual states' rulers. So essentially, they're getting them under control. Then from around 1307, much more serious accusations against the Templars were circulated. It was said that they denied Christ as God, the crucifixion and the cross. There were rumors that the initiation into the Brotherhood involved trampling, spitting, and urinating on a crucifix. These charges were made public, particularly by the government of France. The original or the ordinary clergy, too, were jealous of the order's rights, such as those of burial, a potentially lucrative sideline for any local church. The political and religious establishment were joining together with the aim of destroying the Templars, and the loss of Crusader states in Levant in 1291 may have been a trigger for all this. 
although many would still have thought it possible to regain them and for that the military orders were needed. So at the time of its destruction, the order was an important institution in both Europe and the Holy Land and already an object of myth and legend. The Templars were associated with the Grail legend and were identified as defenders of the Grail castle through the remainder of the Middle Ages. In the 18th century, the Freemasons claimed to have received in a secret line of succession esoteric knowledge that the Templars had possessed. Later fraternal orders um, similarly invoked the Templar name to bolster claims of ancient or revealed wisdom. The Templars were also identified as Gnostics and were accused of involvement in a number of conspiracies, including one that was allegedly behind the French Revolution. One often cited but likely apocryphal account relates that after the execution of Louis XVI, a French Freemason dipped a cloth in the slain's king blood and cried out, Jacques de Molay, you are avenged. A trial followed in Paris in 1310, after which 54 uh, brothers were burned at the stake. In 1314, the Grand Master, James of Molay, and the preceptor of Normandy, Geoffrey of Charnay, were burned again, too, in Paris. The former still protesting his innocence as he was marched to his um, funeral pyre. The fate of the order as a whole, though, was decided by the 1311 Council of Vienne. Investigators carried out in the previous three years into the orders of affairs across Europe were considered, as they were confessions likely acquired through torture, which were uneven in nature, most knights in France and Italy, and three from England confessing to all charges, but none doing so in regard to the most serious accusations from Cyprus or the Iberian Peninsula. A group of knights called to hear their defense were, in the event, not called, and when Philip arrived at the council, the Pope officially uh, declared the order terminated on April 3rd, 1312. Although the reason was for the damaging loss of its reputation rather than any verdict of guilt. Physical evidence for the accusations, records, statues of idols, etc. were never produced. In addition, many knights later retracted their confessions, even when they were already condemned, and to do so served no purpose. Yeah, so, I mean, what you had at the end of the day was accusations. Yeah. That's what started the whole thing. So, you know, you rewind back on the whole thing, and, I mean, like, just to, like, explain how impactful they were and the battlefield there was, and it's their like most famous victory in 1177, the battle of, uh, Mac, uh, Um, there was 500 Templar Knights. They helped several thousand infantry to defeat Saladin's army of more than 26,000 people. So they would go in as these shock troops yep. and basically disrupt yep. the whole, strategy that everything's going on and just they would bring in this chaos and they were fueled and there's quotes on this from the enemy this isn't just propaganda from the knights templar this is the enemy saying like these guys are a force to be reckoned with yeah because they are unyielding in their faith yep and they're unyielding in their purpose they would be like the equivalent of the viking berserkers yeah but under control. Correct. Yeah. You know, that's the that's the real kind of yeah. sharp line to, to put in between of this. So now you got France who benefited from these knights. Sure did. Benefited in a huge mm-hmm. way. And so it doesn't take a rocket scientist 
to figure out that it was a power grab. Yeah. You have this group that doesn't have to pay tax. Right. We we glazed over that. Didn't yeah. really get into it, but they didn't have to they pay tax. They did actually have to pay tax to the Pope. But as far to as. To the Pope. That was the only people yeah. they answered to. Yep. They didn't answer to, to anyone, anyone else. else. And so they have this vast network. Mm-hmm. They've got the love of the people, mm-hmm. not just in France, everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. They got the love of people everywhere. Yeah. They've got money. They've yep. got power. They've got all of this stuff. Now, was there crazy shenanigans going on? Probably. Maybe. Probably. You've got all of this stuff around, but, yeah. but the overall thing was legit. Yeah. In, a, in, in context of everything. Yeah. Again, there was a problem. They were the solution. Right. And and so. And I think if they hadn't had that defeat at Acre, they probably would have continued on. It was the defeat at Acre, but it was also this consolidation that were they were trying to bring of mm. the other groups. Yeah. And, and they actually showed up at a place um, where they were supposed to have this talk. I don't have it directly in my notes, mm-hmm. but I remember reading it where they, they met up at this place and the other party didn't show up. Yeah. And they showed up like three months later mm-hmm. and the Knights representative stayed there for three months. Yeah. And like the person that was like the mitigator of all this stuff, like the or mediator yeah. of all this was like, yeah, I don't see any wrongdoing with these guys. He's like, I spent three months with this guy. We talked yeah. about everything. everything. Yeah. You think about it. There's no TV distractions. There's no. nothing. These guys sat. They had breakfast, lunch, dinner together. Yeah. Probably went hunting and all this yeah. other crap, you know, whatever. And this guy got to learn about the Knights from a very connected source. Yeah. For three months. Yeah. You know, and they're like, look, this guy's not the problem. A, he showed up on time. You know, B, he was, God, you know. I can't even begin to tell oh, you yeah. how important that is. <laughs> it seems yeah. like such a little thing. No, it's not. But it's not. <laughs> it's it's not. huge. It's not. So you have this big area. So now you've got a country coming up and France is it. Yep. Where France is just like, yeah, no, I don't like this. I got to bust this up. You know. And, and that's, you know, and, and again, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out, you know, or a rocket surgeon, you know, that's my favorite one. It is. <laughs> you know, didn't we get some you, catch it Didn't we get don't. you the t-shirt that had the surgeons working on a bomb? On a rocket. On a rocket. Yeah. 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 No, that was, that was nice. Then I grew. Yeah. More. Yeah. You know, not even yeah. fat, just got, I Got bigger. So but, we'll finish but, this up and then we can get into some conspiracies. Yeah, but but basically what I wanted to harp on is all of it was slander at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It was they were spitting on crosses. Yes. They were doing yeah. this. They were they doing that. They provided zero evidence. Yeah. Anything that they said they did was when they were being tortured. Mm-hmm. And we know from the witch trials just how effective yeah. that testimony yeah, is yeah and the thing is is the witch trials didn't really happen yet you know no, this so was this a, was basically a this was handbook. right around the time that malice maleficarum was being written because yeah. they were given their their orders uh-huh. the same time innocent gave the douche knockers in germany <laughs> the okay to write the, yeah. the hammer of the witches no and so and so that really got all of the kind of they they connected this together and it became a way of dealing with things that you don't know how to deal with. And and it hasn't changed. Yeah. We still do that to this day. 
You want to destroy someone, you destroy them with slander. You do. You destroy them with your and words. And that's what they did. And you break that they down. They slandered because them. here's the thing. They didn't have to defeat the knights. They had to defeat the people that believe in them. Yeah. That's what they every... Had a, they had that whole Robin Hood mystique. Yeah. Because they were helping... No, but I mean, you want to learn Warfare 101. Yeah. Warfare 101 is you've got to get the people away from that idea. Right. You got to get and, the people on in your order, side. Yeah, well, not even on your side right away. You just got to get them away from them. Yeah, you know, and that's happening now, today. Mm-hmm. It's happening all over the place because it's warfare one hundred and one. This shit's been going on for millennia. I'm not that's even saying why centuries. You have to study your history, folks, yeah. because this <laughs> shit is cyclical. This is what I like about doing these episodes yeah. because it connects to not just things of today but everything yeah it literally does. everything it so, does so france got the idea of we got to get these people away from the idea of this yeah and so they came up with all the slander they did all of that stuff and i wanted to find real quickly because what was interesting is according to the legend um demolier um the last um grandmaster when they were um basically getting him sentenced and they're going to burn him alive at the stake just before he's burned alive. He, he sits out and calls out from the flames that both Pope Clement and King Philip from France would soon meet him before God. Mm -hmm. And his actual words were recorded on the parchment as followed. And they have it in Latin. Yeah. um, Which I'm not going to do that. I'll butcher that all to hell, but it says, God knows who is wrong and uh and has sinned soon a calamity will occur to those who have condemned us to death clement died only a month later mm-hmm. and philip died while hunting the same year mike, I mean, mic drop <laughs> yeah the majority of former templar knights were pensioned off and banned from joining any other military order many of the assets of the templars were passed on to the knights hospitality hospitaller by order of the Pope on May 2nd of 1312. Mm -hmm. However, a lot of land and money ended up in the pockets of nobles, especially in Castile. The attack on the Templars otherwise had little effect on the other military orders. The discussion to combine them all into a single unit came to nothing. The Teutonic Knights, probably more deserving of criticism than any other order, was saved by its close connections to secular German rulers. The Teutonic Knights moved their headquarters from Vienna to more uh, remote Prussia, while the Knights Hospitaller wisely moved their headquarters to the greater safety of Rhodes, both moves coming in 1309 and probably ensuring their continued existence in one form or another down the road to present day. Mm -hmm. In the 20th century, the image of Christ on the Shroud of Turin was identified as the head allegedly allegedly worshipped by the Templars, resurrecting a vein of pseudo-history and grail legends. Authors in the 20th century claiming to assert historical fact, but writing what most scholars regard as fantasy, implicated the Templars in a vast conspiracy dedicated to preserving the bloodline of Jesus. Similar occult conspiracy theories were also used by writers of fiction in the 20th and 21st centuries. So let's get to those conspiracies. (laughs) This is my favorite. Yeah. The French king, Philip IV, was in debt to the Templar order. 
With the Holy Land lost, he capitalized on their vulnerability and had the Templars arrested in France on Friday, October 13, 1307, in a dawn raid on their Paris temple and residences. In 1312, the order was abolished by papal decree, and in 1314, the last Grand Master Jacques du Molay was burned at the stake in Paris with three other Templars. With the order destroyed, any surviving former members joined other orders or monasteries. Despite the arrests and charges of heresy being laid against the order, a document known as the Chinon Parchment was found in 2001 in the Vatican's archives, which documents that that the Templars were, in fact, exonerated by the Catholic Church in 1312. But despite clearing them of heresy, Pope Clement ordered that they be disbanded. The suppression of the Templars meant that there was nobody to safeguard their legacy. Since then, the order has been appropriated by other organizations, most notably as ancestors to the Masonic Order in the 18th century and more recently by right-wing extremist groups such as the Knights Templar UK and mass-murdering terrorist terrorist Anders Bering Brevik. The Knights Templar Association with Freemasonry is not so much a myth as it was a marketing campaign by the 18th century Freemasons to appeal to the aristocracy. Historian Frank Sinello explained in his 2003 book, the, Te- the Knights Templars, God's Warriors, the Devil's Bankers, and initially it was Andrew Ramsey, a senior French Freemason of the era, who first made the link between the Freemasons and the Crusader Knights. But he originally claimed the Freemasons were descended from the crusading order of the Knight Hospitaller. Of course, the Hospitallers were still operational, unlike the Knight Templar, so Ramsey quickly changed his chain to the Templars, being the Freemasons' crusading ancestry. The Knights Templar had actually been mythologized in popular culture as early as the 13th century in the Grail epic Parzival by German knight and poet Wolfram von Eschenbach. In this Grail epic, the Knights Templar were included in the story as the guardians of the Grail. After the order's sudden fall, these warrior monks became associated with conspiracies in the occult. For some... A mystery still surrounds the fate of the Templar fortune, which was in reality seized by Philip IV with the majority of their property redistributed to the Hospitallers and the Templar confessions extracted under torture to worshipping an idol dubbed Baphomet, which is where Baphomet comes from. The link between the Templars and the occult would resurface again in the 16th century in Henry Agrippa's book De Occulta Philosophia, sorry, Modern fiction continues to draw upon the widespread mysteries and fanciful theories. These mystical associations are key themes for many popular works of fiction, such as Dan Brown's The Da Vinci Code, in which the Templars guard the grail. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, yeah. The Templar myth has also found its way into the digital gaming format in the globally successful Assassin's Creed franchise. Oh, yeah. In which the player must assassinate a villainous Templar. It's a great game series. Nine centuries after they were formed, the Templars remain the most iconic and infamous order of knights from the Crusade. The Templar legacy has grown beyond their medieval military role, and the name has become synonymous with the occult, conspiracies, Holy Grail... Freemasons, but these are all false narratives, fantastical, but misleading. The real legacy of the Templars remains with the Portuguese Order of Knights, Ordem dos Cavaleiros, De Noso Senhor Jesus Cristo, Order of the Knights of Jesus Christ. 
This order was created by King Denis in 1319 with papal permission due to the prominent role the Templars played in establishing the Kingdom of Portugal. The new knighthood even moved into the Templars' former headquarters at Tomar. For historian Michael Haig, this new order was the Templars under another name, but it pledged obedience to the King of Portugal and not the Pope, like the Templar predecessors. Mm -hmm. And so... The essence of the Templar successors still exists today as a Portuguese order of merit for outstanding service, and the Templar myth continues to provide a rich source of inspiration for artistic endeavors, i.e. Indiana Jones, the Da Vinci Code, insert whatever. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anybody that's beat up uh, the whole idea more than movies, you know. Yeah, I mean, like but you know what? I... The fact that Philip the Fourth went so hard after them, yeah, I am inclined to believe it was because he was in debt to them. And what oh, yeah. better way yeah. to absolve that debt, knowing he could never pay it back? Mm -hmm. He's like, I'll just fucking get rid of them. Yeah. Then I don't have to worry about it anymore. I, and I'll take their money. Do you think it's a mystery? I'm, I'm going to open this hot potato and then we'll okay. throw it quick. But do you think it's a mystery that our economy here in the States, we're literally about to go bankrupt and there's two major wars getting drummed up in the world and, and we're not doing anything to stop them? No. We're not doing anything no. to stop them. One of them, we're... We're also pretending that we're not going to go bankrupt. We're, yeah, A, well, no, that's to get people not to think about it. Yep. But, I mean, again, this is why I call this podcast a history documentary podcast. Yeah. Because we get episodes just like this where it's the same shit, same story yep. every single time. Yeah. And nations have been doing this shit for millennia. Yeah. For millennia. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, there's no mystery. No. No mystery at all that we're under all of this economic stress, and yet you turn on the TV and, oh, it's fine. Yeah. You know it's not fine unless yeah. you got a, a two really good income household and it doesn't matter to you. Right. It, it will pretty soon. Yeah. You're going to find out. You're yeah. going to learn today. You know, but I yeah. mean, no, it's coming on your doorstep if it hasn't already. And the fact that they're... There are places that are no longer using the dollar as their yeah, as trade as the recognized form of currency. Yeah. Like it was, oh yeah, pretty much the global. So that's a whole point. That's a whole part of the economy that's just disappeared. Yep. Whoosh. Yeah. In a snap of yeah. a finger, you yeah. know, Brazil buying whatever from the Saudis. Mm -hmm. No more. No more dollar. Yeah. You know, Brazil buying things from uh, China. No dollar. Yep. You know, all of that money that was getting circled around, it's gone. Yep. You know, and, and then you've got the Ukraine war where there's no end. No. Everybody's like, well, we're in this to the end. Okay. What's the end, smarty pants? Yeah. What is it? What's the end? Why do we care? Who's the winner? How does it win? What's the criteria for win? None of these dumb morons have gotten on TV and laid that blueprint out. No. I mean, at least, you know, at least lie to us and say, well, we get to this point. Promise it's over. Wink, wink. They're not yeah. even doing no. that. No. You know, and now you've got China going with Taiwan where they're saying, yeah, it's a matter of time where China's just going to go. They're saying like within a year, mm -hmm. you know, like the next 365 days. China's going to make the move. And what the fuck are we going to do? 
you know, now if we get into the war, that's how debt gets abolished. That's yeah. how debt gets tossed around. Yep. And I'm not surprised by it because of all this stuff that we read into, it's the same story every single time. It is. You know, and it just, um, but yet, you know, go ahead, watch Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code. Don't even read the book. Just watch it. Yeah. And you'll be an expert on all this stuff. Wink, wink. Nod, nod. Bullshit, bullshit. You know, and that's the the part that pissed me off reading about the Knights Templar on this, is how wrong even I got it. Yeah. And usually I'm someone that'll pursue a topic and go through with it and all that stuff. But you realize your corruption of movies is insane. It is. Because it's is. just everywhere and, and you get corrupted by it. And then your friends and you talk about it and you do these deep dives right, on things. Yeah. And then you and now I look back and it's like I literally wasted hours debating on things that weren't even true. None of us were right. Right. You know, I mean it's just what we have to <laughs> what we have to bear in mind, especially with movies and Hollywood is most of Hollywood didn't graduate or just graduated high school. It's a, it's a fact. It really yeah. is. And, and I mean, this is what happens when you don't double check, but I get what they're doing. They're telling a fantastic story. It's the story. We right. talked about this in season one on so many topics of things and why things weren't captured correctly and why things were because it's the story to them. Right. That's all they care all about, about is their story. selling tickets, yep. getting views, getting whatever. It's all about generating money so they can get the next project. Right. Done. They can do the next that's big thing. All, that's all. So speaking of season one. Yeah. Vlad the Impaler was episode 11. Yes. You were so close. Yeah, yeah. That one goes to 11. When was Malice Malificarum? That was season two. Mm-hmm. And where are you? Yo, 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 yo. I got it right here. Oh, I, don't have the, I don't have the number of the episode. Right, hold, on. hold on. No, that was also season one. That yeah. was episode 42. That was over uh, near Halloween. It was. We it was right one. after episode our 42. Salem Mass episode. All right, quick thing before we get any further. I was looking at all this as I waved my finger at you. You. You over there. You. 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 Um, <laughs> we made an error on the schedule. We did? So the next episode that we have written down on our thing is for July. Uh-huh. And we have one more episode before July. Okay. So um, we're not going to, sorry, um, okay. listeners, we're not going to be able to um, tell you what next week's episode is because we have to put something in there. <laughs> no, hey. it's it's a full-fledged mistake. I, I've checked it three times since you were... Speaking. All right. Well, that being said, so I can I have we gotta, a bunch of stuff right here. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. So we'll we'll just let it go blank. We we won't talk. You get a surprise. You get a surprise for the end of It'll June. It'll be a Gafries episode. Yeah, it's a Gafries episode for the end of June. Okay. And then uh and then we can hype up uh July all all crazy crazy. But yeah, no, I was just looking at that and I didn't want you to go in there because it's like it's not gonna be July yet. So oh. So yeah, we Due to our panicking and error. That's all right. I got yeah. a good one. Yeah, we got tons of them. I'm not yeah. worried about that. I just didn't want to blow July out you know, right. too early. But. I'm pretty excited for July, though. July's not good. Not even going to lie. July's, July's really good. I, uh, He's a good. So, yeah, I you know, this is where I, history can get really boring. 
And what I'm hoping is, is that we're making it interesting. There's podcasts like us that maybe it can make it interesting. Yeah. Um, because you have to, you have to look at your history. You have to look at the history of the world and the reason why you have to look at everything. You can't just look at the good. You yeah. can't just look at the victories. Or you can't you just ignore it You have to look all. at the defeats. You have to look at the bad things that happen. The reason mm. being is because there were, there were little clues that were there all along. And if you pay attention... When those because those those clues they repeat themselves too. Yeah, you can prevent further catastrophe. Well, and, and it gets me to the quote that those who refuse the past, yeah, are condemned to repeat it. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly what they're trying to do now. They're trying to whitewash our history, which mm-hmm. you can't. Yeah. you can't undo the past. What's no. happened oh, has happened, trying. and it, you have to. Learn from it because if you don't, you're yeah. gonna do it again. The fact that there's people out there that one think the world is flat, yeah. Oy vey. Yeah. The fact that there are people that think the Holocaust didn't happen. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, it's amazing to me. Just go to the Holocaust Museum or just look at the pictures. Yeah. Where there are mountains of shoes. Yeah. Yeah. No. What you you think they just no, made a bunch a, of shoes and threw them in a pile? I think, I think what happens is, and this is where you start getting into the realm of good and evil, where it starts out because I look at it back when I was really marching into my atheist atheist ways. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was just to disrupt, just to piss someone off. Anarchy. Yeah. No, just to piss someone off. Mm-hmm. I had no other agenda other than that. Oh, you got this believey thing maybe maybe I can destroy it for you. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's just destruction. Yeah. You know, and some of you can nod your head any way you want. No, I was there. Yeah. That's what I was doing. I look back now, that was my intent. Whether it was fully consciously or right. or subtle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My whole thing was is just to prove myself right that you could question your beliefs. Yeah. Which if you look back... That's a pretty fucking evil thing to do. Yeah. That's a really evil thing to do. And I'm not proud of it. I'm ashamed of it. I pray every day to be forgiven of it. I really do. You know, because there was a period of my life where, you know, I let, I know I let people down around me. Mm -hmm. And it was because I'm playing some sort of smart game with everybody thinking I'm smart, you know, and I, I am smart. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where you got to realize that, you know, if you're smart, you got to be careful Yeah, because you could, you could be, you're not immune. No, you could be on the wrong side of things Yeah, and, and then find out later and be like, shit, that was stupid, you know, (laughs) you know, and you do a full circle, stupid thing, you know, but I think the thing with history, we're in the, in a unique period right now where we have records of everything. Yeah. At our disposal. Yeah. There's no other generation than the generations right now that have had this beautiful ability to look back and get one hell of a record on what happened. Yeah. You can actually go back in time to the people that were there mm-hmm. and retrieve that record. You know, if you want to be lazy, and I say this sarcastically, 
if you want to be lazy and just read a book that someone summed it all up for you, you can do that. Right. But that person had access to all that information. Right. But if you're in the trials of the nights, you don't know down to the reason why leadership made a decision it did. You're you're literally dust on a chessboard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Malus Maleficarum comes and it's years later, a couple generations. Nobody was writing all this stuff down to where you could just walk in and, and get it, you know, let alone have it on your phone, you know, to where you could just just prop it right up and, and, and read or listen to a podcast like this where you could get a a uh, um, an exposure to it. Right. And and so you had generation and generation and generation of all that. And you see the catastrophes, the knights, the execution mm-hmm. of the knights, the execution of women being accused mm-hmm. as witches for malice maleficarum. Um, then you start seeing the stuff with World War One, where it's not even just about a specific group of people now. We're talking about a whole freaking race now, mm-hmm. you know, and we're going after this. And now, you know what? It's not just race anymore. I want this whole section of the world, mm-hmm. or I want this. I yeah. want I want to control this uh, route of transportation. I want to control this supply line. I want to control the sea, yeah. you know, and, and you look at all of it, and they all have these common things of there was this mass thing of propaganda to get people who were okay with that group of people away. Right. And, and that hasn't changed. Like I said, it's happening now. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to spell it out for you. You can see it yourself, but you have to take, you have to start paying attention. You, yeah, you have to just really look at it for what it is. Like, why is this happening? Yeah. And if you can't answer to a good degree of why, Right. To where it benefits somebody right. or benefits a group, mm-hmm. then you're looking at evil at that point. Mm-hmm. This is evil working its way. You take the good out of something, and that's all it has is an empty vessel to be filled up with bad. It's really right. it's yeah. it's that basic math. It's 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 really just down to that. You take the good out of someone, and that's all that's room there is is just bad, and um. What do you show me here? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, so do you have any more for Knights Templar? Or I don't. Pretty. Uh, I feel bad for the Knights. At the end of the day, I do. Um, but I think also, it again, to sound like a dumb history nerd, uh, it goes to show that if there's a problem, a solution will come up. And when the solution comes up, it's great. Mm-hmm. But then after a while... There's no problem anymore. Right. And things have to exist. I have one thing with the Knights I wanted to touch. Uh, it just popped into my head. Um, I don't have it on my notes, but there was a problem they had when they were getting rid of the leadership of the Knights. And this big problem they had, even when they were getting rid of, you know, when they were contaminating popular opinion of them mm-hmm. and all that stuff, the problem they had was all of this infrastructure that was around they had all of that infrastructure there yeah. and they had people on the roll, so to speak, yeah. on the payroll that were working in these areas, the clergy, the yeah. the people running stores or the the money, you know, the banks will call them for lack money of money changer. You know, the yeah. <laughs> and 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 they that was uh, as I was reading, they said that was a big problem, mm-hmm. you know, because sure, they thought, you know, oh, I'm going to chop the head off the snake or whatever. Um, yeah, you still got this whole infrastructure that's sitting there and all of this stuff that was built from it. So that was a problem for a number of years. 
uh, for a long time. But to, you know, to go into that uh, conspiracy theory story of, oh, there's this hidden group still um, and they got all this money, you know, and it went to the Masons and went to this and went to that. Um, I don't, I just don't know. I don't know if I could just buy into it. I, I think it would be so hard to do that with all of the countries that are around and everybody that would have a, a value towards it. I mean, you can go to Templars today us or us and you can join the Templars. There there's, there's yeah. new age, uh, modern Templars. And, um, yeah, but are they doing what the Templars? So what they I, originated? No, or I wanted is to, it... I wanted to work on this a bit, you know, <coughs> this is like the last thing I wanted to kind of say, <coughs> you can join them. Um, and, they do uh, like recovering of churches, uh, preservation of churches, um, and they have more more stuff on the on the site with all that. But uh, it's in Italy, France, USA, um, Germania, um, a, a number of places, and um, you know basically that's the position they have right now is just basically a restoration of the faith, right? You know, and at the end of the day, I got no problem with a group like that. Now, if right. you got some juicy information and would like to share it, I suggest you go to OTH at seriouslydecent.com. Email us with uh, at that address. and send Attention, Frank. Check this shit out. Attention, Frank. Knights Templar shit. You know, or yeah. whatever. You know. Um, yeah, and I'd love to look at it and we can revisit it. Uh, you know, we love doing that kind of stuff. So, so that's the end of the Templars. That's the Templars. So we do have an episode. We do have an episode on the fly here because that's how we roll at Oh the Horror. Because we're awesome. Yeah. What do we got? Demonic possession and exorcism. Yeah. Sit on that. Why not? It's, it's perfect, yeah. actually. Yeah. That's why I was like, no, no, hold on. I has this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and I've been knee deep in that stuff, and I'll be knee deep in it by the I time know, I get around to it. It's just perfect. Yeah, yeah. You know? It God, the I've stars been, lined up. Been reading the stars at night are big and bright, deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs> yeah, we're not in Texas. No, we're about as far away from Texas as you can get. No, you'd be farther. Uh, I don't but know. But we're we're a ways in away. In every sense of the way, we're we're as far as you can get. But yeah, so. We'll have that to look forward to. We do. No, it's a good topic because I've only it's, been reading that for two years now. I know. You know, as I know. my my constant rotation. So I know. I feel like I could do that episode right now. Probably. Without looking we, at could. we could. We could just no, keep we'll, rolling. We'll have some juicy stuff. And if you're listening to this and you know of a great demonic uh, possession story or um, some news, because we have an international audience. Um, we do. So if you have something on your end uh, that we would normally not have any exposure to, or you have yeah. a, a famous story or something like yeah. that, by all means, please share it with share us. Share it. Yeah. No, it would be uh, wonderful. And we'll we share it. Look into it and uh, we'll, we'll put it on the episode. Yeah. Seeing how we're doing it all on the fly. You know, where are we? Yeah. This where whole, are we? this whole thing's been on the fly. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, thanks again. and We should have just called this Seat of Your Pants. <laughs> if you can rate, <laughs> review, and follow our episodes like Jen uh, just politely asked for in the uh, in the beginning episode, you know, we got to follow that up as well. Cause yeah. They, they say uh, it's some weird thing. you got to tell your listeners seven times uh, something if you want them to do something. And I'm just like, you know what? No, just you can just, listen to the show. 
Yeah. And and honestly, at the end of the day, that's, if you want us to get bigger, like we're talking about ways we to can work make with the, the algorithms show, yeah. to make the show better, then without hardly any effort on your part, mm-hmm. rating and reviewing will get us on. Into more people's ear holes, which ultimately at the end of the day is what we're after. Yeah, it'll show up. So, like, if you're on Apple, I'll just put a small technical detail here. If you're on Apple and you open podcasts and you're doing your listen next thing, you have your listen next on top. And then Mm -hmm. below it'll say podcasts that are like this. Yeah. See, that's where the rating and the reviewing comes into play right. and the following. It puts us if on that. If, if we're followed by more, if we're mm-hmm. rated by more, yep. and we have, it puts us right on that lower line. So if somebody's listening to an episode of Vlad the Impaler, they'd be like, hey, you can check out these guys too. They also and, did an episode on Vlad the Impaler. Well, no, they'll just say, check this, yeah. this podcast out. They don't have like a specific yeah. episode on there. And that's the reason podcasters ask can you please rate Rate and and review review. and it's free it doesn't cost you anything which some people don't know that right um so you know there's a declaration there that it's free it doesn't cost you anything um just a couple minutes you can just yeah we give us five stars and say hey love the podcast that's it it's great it doesn't need to be a drawn out dissertation on thing just you can uh, do probably the rate and the review if you just do something like omg I heard yeah, this. No, I'm just saying it doesn't you have to be. You could have it done in a minute. It doesn't have to be long. It, it, it could be done faster than what I just did to explain it. Right. But at the same token, I'd rather you tell 10 of your best friends about us. That too. If you're going to choose one or the other, yeah. I'd rather you tell 5 to 10 or post on your social media yeah. feed our, our link. Yep. And say, hey, I love this podcast. Just sharing, out. sharing their name. Check it out, please. I would rather take that than the review and the following because numbers don't lie. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem is, is with social yeah. media, there's a lot of bots. There's a lot yeah. of crap. There's a lot of, you know, inflating of yeah. reviews and things like that. Because I could, I could go on Fiverr and yeah. I could spend 200 bucks and I could have someone and their friends, their influencing yeah. group or, or their bots. Yeah, whatever. And, and inflate the reviews up. I could do that. But that wouldn't be genuine. No. And that's what. That's, we are genuine. That's our bread and butter. It is. Yeah. So, rule number one. <sighs> no Ouija boards. Number I can't two. believe we still have to say it. Number two. No dolls. Number three. No capes. No. No four. Or four. <laughs> No four. No four. No four. No blood rituals. Yeah. Five. No cults, satanic or otherwise. It's not a good idea. No, it's it's really not. Rule number six. No apathy. You need to act to help enact a positive change in this world. It's possible. It's doable. Yeah. Say hello. Dalton that shit and just be nice. Yeah. Put away your grocery cart. Yeah. That helps the cart gatherer, you know. And if you're sitting there saying, well, you know, I'm just giving them a job to do. They got plenty of other things they could do. Yeah. Or just put them in the corral. Yes. For Pete's sake. Yeah. That's what drives me nuts. Yeah. Don't put it next to it. Oh. You're right freaking there. That's even worse. It is. Yeah. It's like, That's wow. The worst. Yeah. You, you couldn't be a shittier person. Yeah. 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 If you tried, you couldn't be shittier. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking right there, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
And uh, it, it could even just be something polite as uh, just smiling at someone. Yeah. You know, smile and say hi. Wave. You know, I I read a uh, 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 social media post. Um, you can't read. I, I try. If it's got pictures, I can put it together. But it was this kid. And this kid was saying, you know, I'm having a real hard time at school. And um, I don't know if it's true or whatever, but either way, it was sweet. He said, um, I'm having a real hard time at school. And I, there's something going, he goes, uh, it's, uh, there's stuff going on with my parents. And I'm just having a real hard time with all of it. Um, he goes, but when I get on the bus, he goes, there's a special ed kid that is right, like on the front mm-hmm. seat or whatever. And he fist bumps me. Every single time I get on the bus, he goes, and he only fist bumps me. Mm-hmm. He goes, and that's doing it for me right now. Yeah. That's it's the li- little things. It literally is the little things. I, everybody underestimates it so much. Um, yeah. It, it, it just, uh, and yeah, I wanted, I was so glad I remembered that because I knew we would be right here, right now. And I wanted to be able to do that. And I and, have words I can and say. And I did it. I, <laughs> oh, no, because there's so many things like I read and yeah. I'm like, oh, that'd be great to put up in the pockets. And then I'm like, next week I'll look at it and I'll be like, damn it, I forgot this and that. Yeah. So next rule. Don't engage with the black eyed children. No. And we have expanded this to essentially black eyed people. Any being black eyed being that does yeah. not have well they're talking to ufo stuff we gotta we gotta talk about that at some time yeah we do There's some ufo shit going down yeah and if they got black eyes walk away yeah slowly Bye. or fast run Bye. yeah just just keep going don't open the door don't let them in next rule just listen yeah yeah it's not that hard I promise it's not. Listen to listen. Don't listen waiting to talk. I remember somebody told me that a long time yes. ago, and I was like, you know, I like that. And I've carried it with me a long time mm-hmm. because I, I fall into the trap, too, where I'm looking. I'm like, oh, I got to I gotta mention something with my, you know, myself about that. I, I have some way to engage with that, you know. And, I mean, like, it's, it's um, it, it seems so little at the time that it doesn't really mean a lot. But then you find yourself that you're just – you could be not listening to someone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes people, again, just got to vent yeah. and let things go. Yeah. You know, you they don't have to come have up to with a word. snazzy answer. You just be like, man, that sucks, man. Yeah. I'll pray for you. Yeah. You know, throw, I mean, throw a little bit of, of apathy day, on it. <laughs> at the end of the day, you want to talk about no apathy and you yeah. want to talk about something simple that you could do? Pray. Yeah. Just pray. Pray for things to get better. I remember I went golfing one time, and I was golfing with this uh, um, this cop, and um, he was talking about something, you know, just stuff going on, a lot of stuff. I said, "Well, I said, man, you got a you got a pretty crazy life, you know. I said, you got a lot of lot of stuff going on, you know." I said, "My prayers are with you," and he just turned and he was just like, "Thank you." Yeah. You know, he's like, "I appreciate that." It's a, just a gesture yeah. that costs you nothing. Yeah. And again, you're just talking about time. And remember, to pray is to ask. Mm-hmm. That's where it came from, to mm-hmm. ask. It wasn't always prayers. You asked. You asked this, you asked that. And then it turned to, to pray or prayer. Asking. <laughs> asking prayer. Prayer. Asking. No one's listening right now. They, they checked out. <laughs> 
They checked out. Before, <laughs> they, they checked out before the rules. They're like, oh my god. You know the rules. They're hitting the fast ten second thing. Like, I, gotta, like I already know. I gotta get next to my next podcast. Yeah. I gotta listen to three podcasts today. That's yeah. So. Thank you so much for everything. We really love it. Um, you know, the, the boost and downloads, it's just amazing. Um, and we really appreciate everything that you do to make us a priority in your day or your life. We're very grateful for it. Yep. And uh, we just hope we can keep uh, delivering the fun for you. Yeah. For the information. Yep. Or, or whatever way you're satisfied. Yep. But um, no, thank you so much. And uh, we hope you have a lovely day, a wonderful week. And for the love of God, make good choices. Take care.